0: Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Florida. And today is Thursday, March 9th, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter Bill's story. We are on page 13. We will start with the First full paragraph at the hospital. Three paragraphs will be read, and comments will be on the third paragraph. And today's readers are the Twelve Steps, Sarit L. The Twelve Traditions, Jody E. Q. And our text readers for today are Carrie H., Marie J., Lynn D., and our newcomer grader is Melanie. The reference number, the share ID for yesterday, uh, Wednesday, March 8th, the 10 a.m. meeting is 9697. And the share ID for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting, Thursday, March 9th, is 9705, 9705. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals Had a vision for you, big book study. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Sarit L. to read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Hi, it's Sarit L., a recovered compulsive overeater from
1: Montreal, and the. This- Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sarit. Al? And I will now ask Jody EQ to read the 12 traditions of OA for us please.
1: Good morning, this is Jody EQ. I recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'll
0: I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. E. Q. How our meeting works? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that you share and be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book. We are in the chapter Bill's story. We are on page 13. We will be starting the reading with paragraph 1, At the Hospital I Was Separated, And three paragraphs will be read through to to the utmost of my ability. Paragraphs one and two are for context only. Our comments today will be on paragraph three. My schoolmate visited me. And with that, I'm going to ask Terry H. if she could read for us, please. Good
2: morning. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsibility leader for Maine and I'm grateful to be here this morning. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium, delirium tremors. Here I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood him, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. I have I have not had a drink since. My schoolmate visited me, and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had hurt up towards whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrongs. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters. To the utmost of my ability, and uh, so here we are in this paragraph and uh, more action that bill has taken and I just this is one of my favorite pages because this, it's the, the layout of the 12 steps that bill took you know while he's in the hospital and um, you know Bill got sobered you know December 11 1934 and he stayed sober for 35 years was as a result of working the steps. So this paragraph, we're in 8 and 9, and, um, you know, step 8 is made a list of all people that we hurt, which, um, you know, doesn't take very long, and step 9 is when we go out to, you know, correct our our wrongs, and what I've learned from this 8 and 9 is, um, you know, the only difference between 8 and 9 is the knock on the door, Um, and um, I will always be an 8 unless I'm um, in front of the person actually making the amends. And what I've learned from this paragraph is, I, you know, I have to ask myself, you know, am I in the fellowship of the program or, or am, I, am I in the fellowship or am I in the program? Um, because if I'm just in the fellowship, that will mean I'm just going so to meet and not hearing a message or, or hearing a message but not doing anything um, with, for my own program. But if I'm in the program, I will be working the steps um, like my life depends on it I will have a set of spiritual principles that I can live by. Um, the obsession will be removed, and I, you know, I will become happy, useful, and free. And um, as the result of these steps, you know, that's that's the promise of the uh, of, of in the steps. And what I've learned from this paragraph too is, um, you know, um, anytime there's uh, behind behind, um, time there's an unfinished amends or Behind every resentment or behind every secret is always a relapse. And um, so I really have to continue to work these steps like my life depends on it. And I'm so grateful that I no longer have to live in the problem, but I get to live in the solution. And it's one day at a time, and I'm so grateful for the 12 steps of uh, of freedom and a way out to uh, a a new place and a new recovery. So thanks for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Terry H., and I'm now going to open up the floor, and we're going to be discussing um, comments taken on paragraph 3 on page 13, and who would like to share this morning?
1: Kathleen O.
0: Kathleen? Anybody else? All right, Kathleen, let's start with you. Go ahead.
3: Good morning. Quiet meeting this morning. Um, thank you. This is Kathleen O. Oh, recovered in California. And what strikes me is a large portion of what we've been reading has been identifying in with the powerlessness. Um, you know, am I a compulsive overheater? Do I have, you know, once I start I can't stop and I do drum up the willpower to stop, I can't stay stopped, and then a large portion is spent on identifying in with, you know, having this higher power that, that I can trust and rely on, and, you know, if, can I believe in the uh, infinite God rather than my finite self, because clearly selfishness, self-centeredness is what got what me here and, and was keeping me in the loop and misery and, and then these, these, this paragraph is moving pretty quickly, so I'm noticing the speed in which Bill's talking about going through this. And, you know, I find, I find in, in um, writing down resentment, the causes, the conditions, the harms, but he's talking about all this in a few paragraphs here, and, and I know there'll be more detail later, but, but it, it amazes me that um, I see people in the room who, um get a lot of anxiety over doing this this portion of you know causes and conditions resentments and and you know making amends. Um, I don't think it was meant to cause people an anxiety attack or, or take forever to get through it. It's it's like just do it. Just write it down, give it away, you know, make amends where you've caused harm and 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 then you know, of course, there's a lot, a lot to you know. We continue to live in ten and eleven and twelve, and and I know for me, it's it's really important that I that I do this every day, that I stay connected with the higher power, because I I can't afford I can't afford things like I notice it's very easy, um, you know, if someone if something is bothering me or agitating me or annoying me, and I find someone else who same if you know the same thing if there's a certain person that's annoying. It's really easy to go into gossip. And I can't afford to do that. I need to look at my part. It's like, okay, I'm being critical, I'm being judgmental, and that's not okay. And and that's where these steps are so wonderful because, you know, I can look at my part and things, I can stay connected with the higher power. And when I do all that, the bottom line is a lot happier and and the best, you know one of the really good points of this is I don't eat and I happily don't eat. And um, anyway, I just think the speed of moving steps is really important. I see a lot of people sitting in the rooms and not doing the steps and I end up eating So thank you. Bye, bye.
0: Thank you, Kathleen O. Would anyone else like to comment on the third paragraph on page 13?
4: Jody. Sylvia.
0: All right. I heard Jody. Q and Sylvia. Sylvia F. what? F. F. Okay.
5: F is in Frank. Carrie KB. Yes.
0: Say that again, please.
5: Carrie KB.
0: Car- Carrie.
5: It's Sherry. Carrie.
0: Carrie, like Carrie, Baby. <laughs> You guys, you have, to, you have to put up with me. My ears are not what they used to be. Okay, okay. Sherry KB. M. Say, say that again, please. Leslie M. Leslie M. Anybody else? Okay, this is what I've got, and if I miss you, please chime in. Jody E.Q., Sylvia F., Sherry KB, and Leslie M. Jody, you're up. Go ahead, please.
1: Thank you, Monica. This is Jody E.Q., a grateful, recovered compulsive overeater in California. So I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals admitting my wrong. Never was I to be critical of them. That's what I want to underscore here. Never am I to be critical of them. When I make my amends, I have to be so careful not to even imply any blame whatsoever, even if they may be to blame. Um, It just doesn't serve me, and it it will just only make them defensive, and it, it just goes downhill. The only way to do this process, in my view, is to admit my wrongs, Look at my side of the street. Clean up my side of the street. If theirs is is blatantly dirty, it doesn't matter. That doesn't affect me. What affects me are my wrongs, not the other man's wrongs. It's more important that I simply clean up my side of the street. And if I do become critical of them, I'm not making amends. I'm not recovering. I'm not healing. I'm not going to get this, the results that I seek. So, just want to stress that because I've done it the wrong way, and <laughs> want to share my experience so that others may not
0: make the same mistake. I'm a battle path. Thank you, Jody EQ, and Sylvia F. You're up, and then it'll be Sherry KB.
6: This is Sylvia F, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. So happy to be here on the line with all of you. And um, what I want to talk about uh, is I express my entire willingness to approach these individuals. An entire willingness is the theme throughout these steps. And, um, And this is a really hard one because it says, I had to fully acquaint him with my problems and deficiencies um and you know i spent my whole life doing everyone else's inventory and if 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 i got embarrassed or ashamed or someone didn't do something the way i wanted especially in my workplace i spent so much energy like debating in my head or having to tell everyone else how they were wrong and how i was right And it would only be better if, and all of a sudden, I'm asked uh, to have entire willingness to approach these individuals admitting my wrong. And I spent my whole life uh, admitting their wrong, not my wrong. And so um, the thing that I like so much about this step is, you know, we've been preparing for this with steps one and two and three, this, this surrender. Surrender is like, if, if I, I have to believe, and I had to believe, I still have to believe, that I cannot fix this myself. I cannot fix my disease. I cannot fix my crazy thinking. I cannot fix my eating disorder myself. So when someone else who's gone ahead of me, who's recovered, uses this book and tells me what to do, I have to be entirely willing to do it, or it is not going to work. If I if I reserve everything, anything, it's like, well, I'll I'll do what you say, except for this part, or I will tell everyone except for this one person. Um, it it I won't get the recovery. I won't get what what the book promises. And here it's saying I also like that it is entire willingness, and I don't know. This is the other thing is I was sure I knew how it was going to turn out, that they were going to be critical or I was going to be embarrassed. That wasn't my experience. So entire, entire willingness for me is also admitting that I don't know. And that used to be my mantra all the time. I don't have to remind myself anymore. But my mantra was I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how someone's going to react. Um, so entire willingness is right there Uh, With surrender for me. Uh, And if I don't surrender if I'm not entirely willing this program can't work And for me the image for me was when I finally gave up it was standing On a bank or standing standing somewhere on the side of a pool or a river or a body of water and Just falling backwards. I was going to be fine. I just didn't want to do it. And that's what it feels like to me still And with that, I pass, so happy to have been here with you this morning. Look forward to the rest.
7: I pass.
4: Monica, are you there?
5: Monica, we can't hear you.
4: If you're not there, Monica, then we will go on to Sherry KB. You're next.
5: Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB. Uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader in Northern California. Good morning, Monica, if you're still there. And good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Um, so grateful to be on this line. Love reading this, this paragraph with you all. Um, you know, it's interesting how Bill uh, wrote his story. And his entire story is the entire book um, from pages 1 through sixteen. And that's amazing to me. Um, and he beautifully orchestrated to to show me and you how to how to do the step work. Um, when he talked about uh, visiting a schoolmate and acquainting him with the problems and deficiencies, he's talking about step five, and um, and actually he's doing uh, five, six, and seven. And when he makes a list of people he had hurt, that's step eight and who he felt resentment for, and um, and having the time and willingness to approach these people, which is eight and nine, um, and admitting their wrongs, um, my wrongs, um, <clears throat> it's it's amazing to me because what I really believe happens <clears throat> is that as I'm doing this work, I'm getting unblocked and getting closer to my higher power so that when I start taking the action of um, doing the fourth step, giving my fifth step, um, six and seven, humbly asked them to remove my shortcomings, made a list of all persons I've harmed in step eight, and go and make that amends. My higher power is with me when I go. I'm never alone anymore, ever again. To me is my experience. Um, when I'm approaching people, especially to right my wrongs, uh, the last thing I do is be critical of them. Um, and no matter what, when I go, um, there's a, and actually on, uh, when we 're on and, um sorry into action on step nine it says that we never grovel we never um we never you know we never we we go with the idea of making an amends and we never beg or plead we just go in, with our open mind and our open heart to make an amends, and to right the wrong we've done, we keep our side of the street clean. And um, we're never critical of the other person, regardless of what they say to us. Um, and we do this with the utmost ability, which means to the best of my ability. Um, and what I do know is that when I am working in this book, I am constantly doing steps one, two, and three with myself and with other people. And when I'm doing step 10, when I'm living in 10, 11, and 12, 10 is actually the skill set of four through nine. And um And step 11, of course, is three times a day. And uh, step 12 is I'm giving back what I've been so generously been given. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sherry, KB. And Leslie M., it's your turn.
3: Hi, um, this is Leslie M. in Denver, Colorado. I actually have a question. I'm working on my eight-step list right now.
0: And well, I'm uh, sorry, Leslie, we don't normally take questions during this this uh format.
3: Oh, okay.
1: I'm sorry.
0: Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Hi, this is Carol i I'll take a share. If that's okay. Okay. Go ahead, Carol.
8: Thanks. Um, you know, I this one sentence really gets me. Um, I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals admitting my wrong. And I remember when I was doing uh, the steps, going through the fourth step, and I had to admit, you know, I had to do the harms list. And uh, that was hard for me because, you know, uh you know, my ego, I was still having some egotistical issues going on there, which I do, you know, thank you God that, you know, they're put to sleep right now. But uh, so, you know, I had to, like, smash my ego because I remember how nervous I was when I had to go make an amends to to these people that I had harmed. And I did some major harm. I'm sure some of you people on the line can relate to what I'm saying. And I caused some major damage. And I was scared. And, you know, but the funny thing is, is I'd be afraid when I was home, but the minute I I left the house, I was nervous until I got there. And for whatever reason, and this is, I can only explain what happened to me. I felt so nervous and so afraid, and I felt like, you know, due to my ego, that I was standing in front of them, like, naked, like I was stripped down, and um, the minute that I started to, to talk to them and to admit my wrong and, you know, to see what I could do to make it right, if there was anything I could do to make it right, the minute the first word came out of my mouth, for me, and I can only speak from what happened to me, I felt a an ease and a peaceness and a calmness. And it was like my higher power just helped me. He, he he just like came into me and, and, and helped me right through it. And, um, but you know, my point is, is that this just wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy thing for me to do. You know, this is a program of action. Nobody says it's easy for me. It was not easy, but you know what? My life is so much easier today being a recovered compulsive overeater than it was in that food. I was in that food for well over thirty, forty years. Maybe even longer, fifty years as a, a little child. And today, you know, for the last year and a half, past year, year and a half, I haven't I don't need the food. You know, food was my God. I no longer need need food. It's not it's it's not my God because now I found my higher power and that's because of these twelve steps. This book, these twelve steps
0: Saved my life. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Carol Kay. And who would else would like to share on paragraph three on page thirteen? Wendy M. M. I Wendy M and I heard another voice. Marie J. Marie J. Reggie O. Reggie O. Anybody else? Deborah P deborah p yes, good, all right, okay, we'll go with this. I've got wendy M Marie J Reggie o, and Deborah p go ahead, Wendy M
9: yes, good morning, Wendy M. recovered in Colorado, and Monica, thank you so much for your service today and everybody else on the line and um, I love this paragraph. um what I want to focus in on is. And when I did my ninth step, it was about my part, not the others. And it says here, my problems, my deficiencies, my wrongs, right? And my ability. So I spent my life completely focused on um, your problems and um, what your deficiencies, um, the easy thing to do. It's kind of like binging. Uh, You know, when I do that, when I pick up the gossip, I'm picking up the food. Um, And so what this program teaches me and what this paragraph says is it's my part. And I'd never heard that before I came into OA. And when I heard that, I got it. And the reason I like to know what my part is, is that it's the only thing I can do. I am powerless over other people, places, and things. So when I look at my part, I get freedom because that's where I can take action to change myself. And that's the key. Always with my sponsee is what's your part? And it always frees me up every time. I cannot spend my life focused on your part. I want to, but I don't really want to because now I want freedom. So I look at my part and what I can do to change it. Thank God for my part. Really, thank you, God, for my part. Um, And I also want to say, that when I took that ninth step, I was eager to talk to people. Um, Did the outcome always be what I perceived it should be? No, not at all. But I I was accountable. I was making myself accountable for the first time in my life and admitting my wrongs, my sins. And I could look myself in the eye, and I could look others in the eye. And this was an incredible, incredible experience. Um, I also experienced esteem because I was doing an esteemable act, and it was not about them. It was about my ability to change, and that brought me my freedom. I'm currently working with a sponsor on Step 9, and I just couldn't be happier for her. I'm so excited for the freedom she's going to experience because she's looking at her part, and she's able to change something because it's hers, and with that, I will pass.
0: Thank you, Wendy M. Marie J., it's your turn, and then it'll be Reggie O.
10: Thank you, Monica. This is Marie J., Recovered in Colorado, and uh, happy to be here. Um, This is where I get to uh, really be rigorously honest in Step 9 and stop blaming others for my own discomfort uh, i I laugh now that I used to blame my husband for my being fat because he was such a good cook and he was in charge of our our cooking our our food at home and And I just look at that now that that was something I really really blamed him for, and when I got to my ninth step the first time through i I got through everything except the three hardest ones, and I just stopped doing the work. I just didn't trust god i didn't rely on god and then i started to think i could do this whole thing on my own i could do this program on my own i i thought i had it you know i'd lost 80 pounds i was attending meetings i was abstinent so all this self-reliance came back in and i never got to steps 10 11 and 12. i never got to where i had a solid um daily working program to keep myself in recovery. And so I took my will back and I relapsed and I relapsed hard, gained 30 pounds in four months. And it was really demoralizing and I had no humility about it. I was humiliated, but it was a huge gift because I needed to go through that to get to where I am today. I needed to start over because I lacked faith and I lacked reliance on higher power. And because I thought I could do this on my own. I was afraid to be vulnerable in step nine. I was afraid to do those hard amends. And I had no humility. I couldn't complete those amends because I had no humility. And when I finally did and I finally got through all of that and got through it and that's when I had gotten into vision and I started over and I started working at the the big book way and I rigorously got willing and honest and took the steps and took them quickly and got through it and then I got to those three hard nine steps and I couldn't or amends, I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get them done. And all the promises came true. And today I have freedom. And stuff still comes up every day, but I've got 10, 11, and 12. I can address anything that comes up every day and stay in recovery and still be able to make amends where I need to. And it's all about freedom and peace and recovery and being able to carry the message to someone else who needs it and who wants the freedom also. So just really grateful today. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Marie J. And Reggie O., it's your turn, and then it'll be Deborah P. Thank you, Monica.
11: This is good morning. Uh, This is Reggie O. in uh, the Los Angeles area. And uh, again, just such amazingly powerful paragraphs. Um, Years ago, and I think it was before, many years ago before, before now, and it was before I first came into the OA program, i had this vision uh, or this i don't know if it was a desire it was a vision but but it was to uh it was to be able to walk down any street in the in the world and to see anyone that i had ever known and to be able to look them in the eye and say hello rather than hiding and behind you know walking into a store so i wouldn't have to see them or greet them or not look at them and, and just move on as if they weren't there and um so that was that was the uh, I guess that was the the, the beginning uh, before the beginning was ever made about my ability to do that or having that desire and vision come true, and then you're bringing that back to the bringing that back to this these parts of the steps that we're working on and just oh you know over and over again I just that. I love people you know we talk about entire abstinence and one or two people this morning have mentioned entire willingness and uh just being willing and that you know that this paragraph before the last one starts with the third step you know I uh, made a decision I humbly offered myself to God I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God made a decision you know and I was just working with this with a uh, someone yesterday and that that decision is something i need to remember and make every day and take action on and as soon as we do you know we're we're taught here and the book teaches us as soon as we as soon as we take that step made a decision to turn my will and my life over to god uh the evidence is in the action and we start the fourth step immediately you know we we start looking at ourselves and uh and all of those things for me that i was just uh didn't want anyone to know. I had to look good. That was really, really important to me and uh, not let anyone know all of these horrible, so I thought, things that were going on inside of me or that I had done. So the entire willingness meant, you know, in, in four and five that I had to first be entirely, you know, I had to be entirely honest with myself. And with God, about these things to the best of my ability, and then with another human being and that that was amazing uh, and freedom was what was, I was thinking of a couple of people mentioned it have said, said that before, but freedom is what these steps remind me of. so when i when someone else, when I have no more secrets than everyone knows it, someone knows everything about me that I you know made, didn't that I've hidden didn't want anyone to know, et etc and then when I look at How I've harmed other people and don't think about what they've done and be willing to, again, look at my part and do what I can do to repair that damage, make amends in step nine. That is amazing freedom. And I did have one amends that was over 30 years old and that it followed me through. Uh, every uh, ninth step I'd ever done, which was several, and uh, this when I did the steps in vision, I made that um. night step, and it was my last one, and uh, only God could help me do it, get me through it, and it did, and I I was free.
0: So thank you so much. Thank you, Mer- thank you so much, Reggie O and Deborah P. You're up.
4: Hello,
12: this is Deborah P. in San Diego. Um, I just I just wanted to say thank you very much for this group. Um, I'm, I'm new at this. I've been abstinent since March 1st, which is a, a miracle for me. And I attribute my abstinence to this group at 7 a.m. I've never had a regular meeting in my life. And I am familiar with the program, but I have never actually um, addressed these issues so thank you very, very much for being a part of that. Um and since I have not really been through that step, it sounds like most people here are very experienced with this, but um but I do remember at a meeting um a woman in her early twenties, which is very young to me, saying, you know, little things stick with me, saying, you know, I've realized that all of my problems are of my own are of my own doing in to a sense. And I thought wow for someone in their early 20s to realize that was just profound to me and i think that's what i love about this program is um just everyone you know cleaning up their side of the street and just saying wow you know what i've been wrong in this area and you know when when i'm in the food all day every day for my entire life um i never think about that stuff and um uh, it's just it's all completely new to me, and um, I'm looking forward to going through these steps and um, And again, I just appreciate you all being here. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Deborah P. We're so glad you're with us. Keep studying
0: with us. Would anyone else like to comment on paragraph three on page thirteen? Would anyone else like to comment here? Well, I guess that might be a signal for me to jump in. <laughs> Hi, my like name to, is Monica. Oh, I'm sorry. I Go ahead. Go me. ahead. And
13: this your is name? Carol
0: Carol J. from Michigan. Go ahead, Carol. Um, I'm new, not in OA, but new this
11: time in abstinence. And I just needed to say that I'm Carol and I'm an overeater. And uh, I really appreciate everyone sharing, and it really has shed some light on my past and um, my uh, problems with this disease and how it does affect others. And I know um, by working these steps, I'm going to be able to take a better look at myself, and I just wanted to thank everybody.
4: I thank guess. you,
0: Carol G. Would anyone else like to comment on paragraph 3 on page 13?
11: Melanie
0: John. C. Melanie? John? Okay, Melanie, go ahead, and then it'll be John. Thanks,
4: Monica. This is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. Um, just a little bit of way that my mind thinks. I just enjoy so much being able to look at this and just think back that um, this is a um, a process that Abby brought to Bill And um, they aren't the 12 steps as I have worked them now, but they certainly were very effective. They talked about um, the four absolutes and the six tenets. But from this very little paragraph, I was able to see identifying in, which is so important for me, that there's a step four and five going on here and a step eight and nine happening here. This is certainly the the theme of the shares this morning. And that um, for me, I had to learn how to be completely, totally, fully... Were you, uh, were you checking
7: her out or was it... Oh, nope,
4: just yeah. one second. <laughs> um, honest. And I had to I had to learn how to do that. But with a guide of my sponsor, we kind of got down to it. She shared in, in places where I heard other things, I thought, oh, I'm like that. Oh, yes, I've done that. And so I got to be more and more honest all the time. But the thing that was more profound to me than anything else other than my abstinence and that continuation of such because of the hand of my higher power is the experience that I had and that was quite necessary for my hardened heart and continues to be so every day. The experience that came about that came and happened to me is the humility when I stood face to face with the person that um, I was going to be making amends with and, um, there was something that came over me, something that shifted in me that would not have happened had I done it any other way. And I'm just telling you my experience. I'm not sharing anything other than my experience. It would not, I know that it wouldn't have happened with a letter or a text or, or a phone call or, or whatever, um, that it was face-to-face looking in the eyes of this particular person. And I saw for the first time me. I saw what I needed to adopt, what I ended up doing, and the hate that came as a result of that um, life of trying to survive, and it melted away, and I saw without judgment that um, there's some things that I didn't want to do anymore or be anymore, and that it affected somebody else's life. Empathy was not available to me before I got into the Step 9 business. Empathy was just not available to me. I could not look at somebody else and see what I was doing that was harming them or consider that they had a footprint in this life too that was just as passionate and as important as mine was and that's the effect of step nine work. I had to get honest first so I could find out about me and that was a tricky thing because it was you know, kind of slippery Does not fall into remorse and regret and morbid reflection or, or, or um, self-pity and all those kinds of things. I had a lot of help to keep me back up on my feet to take a look at this Um, practically and then from that point the experience and I don't want anybody to miss that it's looking eye to eye with somebody and I just want to add a little bit that that particular somebody very well could have hurt me more you know I'm not going to get into that much but very well from all all evidence could have hurt me more but what it did to me transformation personality change reordered my mind and from that point is when life started to happen for me in a spiritual realm of growth for the first time, second chance of living. Thanks. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melanie C. And John K., it's your turn.
7: Hi, this is John, compulsive overreader from Los Angeles. You know, I, I always think when I'm reading this stuff, uh, you know, how, you know, I start reading this going, I recognize that sentence, what that's about. Oh, I recognize this one. And, you know, I always have to remember that I am, um, uh I uh, that Bill wasn't actually working the same steps I did because Bill was actually working the Oxford group six step. And I know that I remember in reading this uh piece of literature where um Bill had written a shorthand thing. I have a uh, you you can see there's copies online he would give people with these steps and essentially it said uh you know, step one, admitted hopelessness, step two, get honest with self, step three get honest with another, four, make amends, five, help others without demand, six, pray to God if you understood it. And to me, that's about, you know, you look at it, you know, admitting hopelessness, that's pretty simple. That's step one. Getting honest with self was actually the fourth step. Getting honest with another is the fifth step. Making amends, obviously, you know, eight and nine. Uh, Helping others without demands, that would be 12. And praying to God, uh, you know, I think step eleven. So it was it's sort of interesting. It always fascinated me about how uh the six steps of the Oxford group developed into uh the twelve steps we have today. And boy it, it makes all the difference in the world because um I I always joke for those who know me, you know, I've been in program for thirty five years, but I've been absent for twenty two and uh, I think it's my anniversary. Um, uh, 22 years of abstinence, but that big gap between those two numbers was that I was slipping and sliding for a long time. Uh, and partly I always joked that, uh, I was in two different versions of OA over the years. I was in, and the reality of course is I wasn't in two different versions of OA. I was in, I was in one OA, but there was two different versions of John. And the first time around, I was in the one where you go to meetings, you get, the, you know, we get, we listen to each other's problems. We talk about our own problems. We go out for fellowship. We gossip on the phone, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I got the exact results you'd expect with that kind of recovery, not not, not much at all. And so then um, I came in. uh, When I came back from my relapse and I got really serious, I walked the steps and made all the difference in the world. You know, I, I remember hearing a lady once say she was in two different programs. The first one, she worked the tools. The second one, she worked the steps, which I, I always love. And uh, it always sort of, sort of cracks me up about the OA tools. I, we had a great guy here named Jack Z who passed away a couple of years ago, a year ago. And uh, he used to go to a conference every year. And he came back one year and he said, You know, they're just not going to be happy until there's 12 tools. <laughs> and I always laugh. And whenever people get going on it, they go, How is it AA manages to get people sober without tools? My God. But, you know, the reality is, that it's really about the step, about self self improvement, working on myself, changing myself. Because time, I didn't. Oh <clears throat> Um nothing changed because nothing changed in me. I needed to come in, do the work, and then everything got better. And with that, I passed.
0: Thank you, John Kay. And who else would like to comment on page thirteen, third paragraph? Karen M. Karen. Anybody else? Carolyn C. Carolyn.
14: All right, let's go ahead
0: with Leah, okay. All right, Karen M, you're up, and then it'll be Carolyn C.
14: Well, good morning, I'm Karen M. I'm calling in from California.
5: First of all, I just wanna say thank you. How amazing to
14: have a meeting that makes it a little more easier for someone in this time zone to actually participate. I've been listening to Vision for You for a few years, and it's um, really revitalized my program. Just to qualify briefly, uh, next week I'll be celebrating, honoring uh, 17 years of working this program of abstinence. of I came in as a hundred pounder, and I've been able to maintain a healthy body weight only by the grace of God and working this program. And I'm just so grateful that all of you have, you know, are doing this work and contributing to. OA to my own recovery and and speaking on this paragraph, I have to say that when I came into OA, you know, actually it's 16 years, excuse me, almost 16 years ago, I it certainly was not a a, a sudden spiritual awakening for me. It was slow and steady, and I'm just so grateful for the people that shared in the beginning that I heard that this was not a diet, that this was a new way of life, that the new way of life was achieved through working the steps. So I never, um, you know, I did not sit down at a table or at a bed or anywhere with anyone and have this process done so quickly. It actually took me a couple of years, but it happened and it seeped in and it was a gradual process and it's still a gradual process that, Uh, it's a miracle. I'm an entirely different person. I live in an entirely different body. I had dieted since I was a child. I'd been overweight since childhood and I came in and got a solution. And I, um, I just, again, want to express my gratitude for the process and appreciative of this new way of looking at this process of doing it quickly. It's not a new way. It's what Bill did. It's what many people did. It's what, um, I'm guessing people do and I'm interested in learning how to help people do that. But I do know for me, there was another way. And I guess I'm going to stop now. I just want to say thank you.
0: Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Karen M. Carolyn C. It's your turn.
15: Hi, this is Carolyn C. calling from Colorado. And um, I just, I'm so excited to be a part of this program and a vision for you. I've only been, um, going to meetings since around, well, listening to vision since around September and um, claimed my my abstinence um, in January and have found such strength in these meetings. Normally, I listen while I'm at work and just kind of going through my daily routine, so I can't always share, but um, it's interesting, you know, when I first... One of the first things I did, in addition to going to meetings, was going to our convention in Colorado and heard Harlan speak on the big book and It was so eye opening and it made this book so much more than a historical relic, if you will and um and it just allowed me to open up to the stories and to the experience as opposed to just a a a book that didn't i didn't connect with at first. And working the steps while I, I've wanted to work them fast, like um, like Harlan talks about, and um, I, you know, it's gone a little bit slower for me, and it's not bad. I'm I'm in step four. I'm at the point of where I wanna I wanna move forward, but sitting with some of that um, work for a little while has really allowed me to find a greater peace with some of the things that I have held so tightly as a way to identify myself. Um, the resentment, the fear, the all of the patterns that are coming up with my sexual conduct are amazing. I mean, I've known them, but I've never put them in the context with the big book and with my food relationship. And what I've found is that as I prepare to move forward in step five, I look in the mirror and some of the weight is coming off and I'm seeing someone new, but I'm seeing someone I don't even know. And I'm so excited about it. I I don't, I'm so excited to get to know the new me and how I'm going to function in this new world. And I don't want to pick up because I don't want to ruin this process and I don't want to ruin the potential that I have for the first time in my life. And, um, and hearing the voices of recovery on these calls is so inspirational, and um, and uh, yeah, that's that's it. I pass. Thanks for thanks for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Carolyn C. and Leah M. You got a minute or two here. Go for it.
13: Okay. Well, thank you. Um, You know, this is one of those paragraphs, and certainly step nine is one of those steps that, you know, I just had to continue to ask myself, how free did I want to be? Because my number one priority uh, was to access power, and any form of self will, um, you know, resistance uh, was going to block that off. And it's difficult to live free in the now and drag my actions of the 1980s with me. It was hard to live uh, happy, joyous, and free when I was walking down the street if I was hoping I wasn't going to bump into, uh, you know, the wreckage of my past, an old boyfriend, uh, old employers. um, And since that wreckage, you know, Existed in my head, uh, it was a threat to my serenity. So the work had to get done, um, and you know I had to be willing to admit my wrong, uh, admit my wrong with my parents, admit my wrong with my friends, admit my wrong with my employers, with my brother, with institutions. Uh, because the bottom line was that love and and hate, love and resentment, could not exist on the same plane, one of them was going to have to be predominant. Love and remorse couldn't exist. You know, love and intolerance couldn't exist in the same mind. So uh, in order to make that shift, cast out old ideas, emotions, and attitudes, had to uh, sit across from somebody in this spiritually very dignified process and um, admit my, my wrongs. And uh, thank God for the freedom. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Leah Ann. And we've come to the end of our meeting here. And I want to thank, say a thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Marie J., could you read for us, please, from A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
10: Yes, thank you. This is Marie J. Recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got.